Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to the Two Goalies, One Mike pregame show, brought to you by Fatty Beer. Make sure you get over to Fatty Beer. Tell the boys from Two Goalies, One Mike sent you seven Western New York locations with over 300 beers to choose from. Buffalo's premier tap room for all of your craft beer choices. And, of course, they are both kid and dog friendly. I am joined by, you might know him from Instagram and Twitch. Uh, I know him personally from a devastating Chicklets Cup defeat here in Buffalo uh, just over a month ago. Uh, Stefano Cantali. Cantali? Cantali, yes. Cantali. I just want to make sure I didn't butcher that. Uh, former Mercyhurst goaltender, uh, just overall butte. Stefano, how are you tonight, bud? Thanks for hopping on. I know we've been talking about this for a little bit, but I appreciate you uh, being patient with me, bud. I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on. I've been looking forward to this. I haven't had a chance to talk with another goalie. <laughs> really? I've never uh-huh. had a ch- I've been on podcasts with players, coaches, never with another goalie. Really? Yeah. Well, we uh, we started off uh, a little over three years ago. It was more of a goalie centric podcast. We still, you know, we we still do that, but obviously we're here in Buffalo. We we stay Sabres centric as well. So, um, but you know, it's a city that has been without in net for quite some time. Um, many would say probably since Ryan Miller left uh, via trade to the St. Louis Blues over a decade ago, uh, and then you know, before that we had uh, uh, Dominic Kashuk, of course. Uh, greatest of all time, you might argue uh, differently, but uh, and then the bridge between them two was, uh, you know, fellow uh, Montrealian, I don't know how I or Quebecian, sorry, Quebecian, uh, Marty Baron. Yeah, I mean, Baron is hard, beat only is hard to put in between the two of them. Those two are, I think, a couple steps ahead of him for, oh, sure. for sure. Hasek and Miller are, are Hall of Fame goalies, in my opinion. Okay. No eyes closed, nobody can argue that. Um, but I think you guys have a superstar in the next couple of years. Somebody that's going to take over the league. You think? You think Devin Levi is the truth, huh? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Coming from Montreal, I've seen him skate. This kid's got something special. Well, I don't know if you've seen this. He's uh, promoting now a VR type of training. Um, Ice sense is it called? Uh, sense arena. Ice sense. Sense arena. Oh, yeah, sense sorry. Arena. Sense arena. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, you know, he's been promoted the last couple of weeks. I read something even before that, that that's how he, you know, has been developing in the off season is, you know, VR training. I, I never thought it was a joke, but I'd like, Oh, you never seen that before. And then I firsthand got a look at it, uh, via on social media and it looks pretty cool. Like, I think it's a good way for goalies to stay on top of their game, especially in the off season, or instead of sit on the couch at home, you know, watching hockey or even, even like in between periods, Pop on ice, ice or sensory or whatever it's called, and you'll go take some pucks. I've used it. Um, it is a really, really cool tool, and it's been advancing. The last time I used it was a couple of years ago, so it was not as defined and in-depth as it is now. But I can promise you that it does have that exact feeling. You're, you get home, it's just put it on. You're missing the real-life aspect of, okay, the release can change when the player's moving because it is AI, it is computer-generated. But for hand-eye coordination, for seeing different scenarios, it has it all. So it is a great way to learn and understand the game as a goalie. Especially like at a very young age where like it, it helps you with the, obviously like the, the mechanics, you know, the beginner mechanics, yes. like head to puck, head to blocker, you know, it, 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 it forces you to do that. You know what I mean? Rather than just going like this or trying to look fancy with a windmill save or a block, you know what I mean? Like it makes you go like that. Exactly. Yeah. Think about it as a kid, how many practices we did just to go over the same reps. But now you can do it at home for six hours a day. You're getting in that much more practice without paying for the coach, without waiting for ice time. So if you start using it at a young age, you'll be so much, so much more ahead than any other goalie that's not using this thing. Yeah, I I personally wish I would have had it. The one game I used to play, um, I would have somebody drop like cards from a deck of cards over top of my head and I would just... Cause they just go all over the place and just try and catch it with my hand or at least attempt to. Uh, but that was like my eye hand coordination or you get those special glasses while you're on the ice that really like takes away your peripherals and you have to move your head with the puck. Um, so I made my own glasses. I bought construction did? worker glasses. I took uh, painter's tape and I used to yeah. cover parts of the glasses with the painter's tape. And then at home I'd throw the cross ball off the wall and catch it. Uh, I had to stop when they put the ball through the wall. My dad wasn't happy with that. But for yeah, a long well, time, yeah. that was my trick. Um, one of the worst things I ever heard uh, was when I first like kind of you know came out of competitive hockey and started coaching. Uh, and I went to, obviously, our USA Hockey Coaching Clinics, get level one, level two, level three, and so on and so forth. And I remember this guy who went up there to speak on behalf of goalies. He's never been a goalie. He's never played goalie. And he just tells his story about how like he was just – a parent kind of chosen to work with goalies and he watched some online videos and I'm not kidding you. He went up there and said with one of his uh, squirt or was it might or squirt level goaltenders, put a bucket over his head and shot pucks on him. Yeah. Why? Don't know. He's like, Oh yeah, it's reflexes. Reflexes. Like, what do you mean reflexes? You can't see. <laughs> I can't see anything. What, like, like, like talk about being a Jedi. Like, 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 that's the what only does that do? Yeah, that was I like, mean, I remember me and a couple other goal, like uh, two other goalies that were like kind of sitting next to each other. I'm like, did he really just like openly say that in public? He goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude, what do we get ourselves into? Like, it was like, it was, it was wild. It was wild. I, I thought I had a crazy story. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I've like, done the Goldberg mean, to a goalie. He might, there might have been a hole in the bucket. I don't know. But he, there was definitely part the, the majority, like the, the, point of that show was yeah i had a bucket over my goalie's head well i want to be the parent and going what is this guy doing to my child yeah right like who's paying for that 
I guess, you know, like how far the position has come. Like I remember again, going to like the first ever goal, one of the first ever goalie clinics, like actually just like goalie clinics uh, <clears throat> that they offered. And mind you, I played up, I played late nineties, two thousands, like goal, the positions come such a long way since then. Like I didn't even know what RVH or VH, you know, <laughs> all that stuff was. Like, I had no clue. So when I, when I, when I went to this clinic and they started talking about it, it was the first time I ever heard it. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? That does make sense. It does make, you know, playing on your post so much, you know, more efficient and effective as, as long as you're, you know, keeping your head tight to that, uh, tight to the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like I'm five foot 10, five foot 11 on a good day. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I have to like, kind of like hype myself up and make sure I'm on top of things, but yeah, that would have been like a nice like uh, way to develop my game early on had I known it back in high school or even before then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, going back on what you just said, I learned what RVH was in junior hockey. I remember I got the juniors and my coach was saying, why are you going one knee down on the post? I said, because it works. That's that's what I've always done. Literally. And then he, he showed me that technique. And I remember as I dropped into the technique, I got stuck and I was in so much pain because my hip had never done that before. And I was like, yeah. why does anybody do this? I still use the, the regular one knee down. Oh, you're straight up Craig Anderson style. I love it. Oh, yeah. Either that Craig or I'm standing Anderson, up. Man, he's a hybrid. He still he does, does what he wants. And I'm like, I'm, I'm coaching junior goalies. I'll show them the RVH. They love it. But it's just I can see them destroying their it's, hip. Well, here's the thing with me with the RVH is it's effective in tight. Yes. In tight, below the dots, it's effective. From outside the perimeter, when you see it, like, what are you doing? Like, why? Stay on your feet. Like I you, get you're, you're, so aggravated. Not only are you just taking yourself out of position, especially at that level in the NHL, because goalies do it at the NHL too all the time for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. And it drives me absolutely nuts. Imagine a guy like Devin Levi doing that from, you know, a guy with a, with a, you know, like tonight, Kaprizov, 30 feet out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like getting on your yard, like for what reason? A guy yeah. his size, like you're just begging him to go top, uh, top corner on you. Uh, whereas, you know, if you just stay on your feet, make the easy save, take away the exhaustion, you know, at my age, 36, it is exhausting going down and getting back up. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. But I, I just don't, I don't understand it, man. It, it, in certain situations, it's very effective, but I feel like it's misused constantly. Oh, absolutely. They see the pro guys do it. And it's like, Oh, let me do this. Yeah. He's six foot. You see Vasilevsky do it. He's six yep. foot six. Let him do what he wants. Ben Bishop. But when you're five eleven, like most kids, you can't yeah. be doing that. No. And I have fun when I go coach. I will let them sit in RVH, and from the corner, I'll just pick them. And every time I do, they have to do down and back, all the way down the ice and back. Yeah. And it gets yeah. to the point where one of my goalies last year, he got picked three times out in the same game. The Monday practice, I told him, I said, you're going to go in RVH. I'm going to get 10 pucks. If I go score six, you have to go down and back in a power push twice. I'm a big I'm a big VH guy on my glove side. Yes. Like it's so VH. comfortable. You just. Yes. I like the VH. It's so uh, comfortable. Yeah. Like literally just get up on your, on, on that one knee, keep your uh, glove like tight to your helmet. I, I'm, I'm a big VH guy. At this age, I'm a big, not going on my knees guy. I play yeah. forward as much as I can. I avoid going in net. Today's the first time I'm going in net in three months. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm terrified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely terrified. Yeah. I mean, you, you were an absolute stud at the Chicklets Cup. I won't lie. Like that first game, I think we lost five to three. Was it five three? Either, yeah, I think we so. lost by two. Is either five three or seven five? 
I I remember because I have one of the one, one of the one of the own goals on you. So I know, I know. I was upset. I was upset. I let uh, a lot of bad uh, goals at no, that time. Um, yeah, I uh I I remember just like that tournament I mean in general, like I I, I hear I, mean, I hear whispers that they're gonna bring him back to Buffalo again. Hope you guys come back again because I thought that was a blast. I had a blast. Look, it's my first ever Chickless Cup, my second ever roller tournament. Um, I'm still new to roller. I love it. It's a different you were battle. Skates, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I refuse to play on shoes. If I get a puck in the toe, I'm, it's over. I, I won't lie. I used to play on skates. Um, I don't play roller goalie at all anymore. I won't okay. do it. It's too much on my hips and my knees. Um, making the transition back and forth between ice and roller, I just won't do it. To be honest with you, if I come back next year, I want to play goalie one team, forward on another. Just switch back and forth and play. Um, no. I feel like I can because I play forward twice a week in, in rec leagues. Like I know how to play. Uh, but I do wish we played in the A division. I wanted a little more competition, but our team was nobody had ever played a roller tournament before. So we didn't know. Yeah, what no, expect. I get it. I get it. I mean, I I think you guys admitted even like at the Sabres game, like, yeah, we should probably be an A. Like I thought that first game we put up a decent fight against you guys. Mind you, like the majority, there was some, so there was some with our team, there was a lot of shenanigans with how that team was put together and i won't talk about it on air because it involves one of our players and you know not too many people were happy with them not and this isn't against any of the guys in the team like yeah. at all like there were some good players in that team but i feel like as good as some of these guys were as individuals we just weren't the right fit for each other um the team we had last session was much i think much more of a fluid team that had much more chemistry um <clears throat> Whereas this year it was more or less like, and again, I, I won't get into it, but it was just kind of thrown together by one individual in particular. Well, I mean, uh, of all the teams we played, you guys gave us the hardest challenge. That first period, you stayed in our zone the whole time. We got maybe two shots on your goalie. Yeah. Well, um, that was rough that first period too with the, with the, with the, the, I, was the corner? The one, I was the one that unfortunately had to find out about the four <laughs> behind the net. <laughs> all I saw, I went right down. I was daydreaming. I was looking up, and then I hear everybody freaking out. I look in the corners, three guys on the floor. I was like, what just happened? Like, what did I miss? It's like, what division did I sign up for? Basically, I was like, do you guys know how to skate? Oh, yeah. Like, dude, the second the second, uh, the second, second you hit that corner, you were butt, you were eating. Like, there's no way around it. It's It sucked. Um, but, you know, we made it work. You know, unfortunately, couldn't play full ice. Because that's, a, like, you know, that's the advantage of um, – and I think you guys might even mention it too, is, you know, we had a little more one year's experience, the Chicklets cup. I don't think you guys realize you get scored on. You immediately go right back up the other way. And well, uh, did you see what happened to me in game three? No, what happened? Cause I didn't even realize I kept forgetting that you get scored on to go right away. Yeah. And yeah. I have a superstition after goals. I'm a goalie that I have to skate to the corner and back. I didn't realize that the guy was coming down the ice. I was in the corner. So he gets <laughs> to the red line, sees I'm not a net. He's about to crank. I start to dive head first, hoping it'll hit me in the face. And then thank God he fanned on his shot and fell. But everyone was looking at me like, what are you doing? It's like, I completely forgot there's no face off. Yeah. It, well, you're just, it, it's, again, you're just in your own, uh, it's a routine. You know what I mean? You see goalies, like, I think it was Lundqvist. You ever see that thing with Lundqvist, how Lundqvist comes off the bench for warm He does literally step by step, you know, the exact same thing every game, how he shoots the puck, how he curls around the net. Like, it's literally methodical every single game. And you're the same way. It's crazy how normal it feels, though. And when you don't do it, you're like, I forgot to yeah. do something. It is. It's about getting into routine. Like, I've always said, two of the toughest positions mentally 
in all of sports are goalies and pitching because oh, yes. the game could be the game could be won and lost in five minutes in the first period or one in or the very first inning of the game. A pitcher yeah. can give up seven runs in the first inning, or a goalie can give up four four goals on six shots, and it's just a hole. It's almost impossible to climb up, climb out of. Yep. Well, wasn't it Tampa yesterday that got scored four sh- four goals in like ten shots or twelve yeah, shots? Yeah, nuts. I was like, well, game over. It's over. Yeah, game over. Yeah. Um, like, and how about how about the uh, the toilet bowl last night between uh, the Sharks and Edmonton? <laughs> I can't believe I dude. I can't believe how bad Edmonton has been this year. Dude, they're I, I don't like. Get it. 14 points behind, uh, I forget what team it was in the Pacific, but it's like, it's nuts. And to make it worse, it's the first year that in my hockey pool, I get first pick overall. And then I traded to get the second overall pick. So I got McDavid and Dreisaitl. And they're both useless. I mean, that, that's still two good picks to have. They're going to figure it out. They're still going to get their points. They're still going to eat. But like, I hope so. Because if, if, if I lose with those two, I'm going to become a <laughs> soccer fan. And that's it. I'm watching soccer from now on. Yeah, that's literally. Over. That's nuts. Like, that's absolutely wild. Um, but to get to get tonight's game, uh, Buffalo coming off a overtime loss against the Carolina Hurricanes uh, earlier this week. Go into Minnesota against Philip Gustafson, uh, who probably isn't having the start to a season that he probably wanted. I think Flurry has been probably, I think, the more consistent guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen a lot of his – that toe save from the other night was unreal. I love like, it. Like classic love Flurry, it. classic Flurry. I hate that he's done this year. I hate it. You think is this? Did he say it's his last year? Unofficially, it, it's a, it's over for him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always said, I always said in the offseason, like that's a guy I would love to be one A one B with Devin Levi. Like, could you imagine just the, the connection with Montreal? Just you know everything Flurry has to offer to anybody as a rook to a rookie. It's funny you say that because uh, I was practicing. So my old goalie coach is Marco Marciano, who's the goalie coach for Laval Rockets. Um, yep. And now he's my mentor as a coach. He's he's helping me learn learn how to teach kids properly. And uh, we were talking one day at practice, and we were talking about Flurry. And he goes, "Yeah, he didn't come back this summer." He goes, "I, I was sad. Like I had I didn't get to skate with him this summer because he's been skating with him for the last twelve yeah. years." And he was saying, "He goes, it'd be so cool if him, him and Levi ended up together. The French connection." He goes, "The two of them, I think, would be a scary duo in the league." Oh, so it's okay. kind of funny you're bringing that up. Yeah, I just, I mean, Connor, my normal co-host, like we we talked about it a lot this offseason. Like, if I had, to, if I could pick any goalie to to go one and one, it'd be him. Yeah, it'd be him because, like, I think you know, this first maybe year or two, you could see him being like maybe a 40, 41 game split with whoever he's playing with, or maybe get slightly over half the season. But after that, man, it's his net. It's his net, and I I would rather have somebody there who is okay with showing him the way rather than, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of internal competition, but not a guy who that is, isn't going to take that, the position he's been asked of seriously. Like you're, you're here to mentor. You see my thing. And I think that 41 is too many games. And let, let me break that down for you. Just because you look at Levi over the years, the kid has dominated every year. Since he started junior hockey in midget, he was a very strong the goalie. CHL, yeah. Even when he was playing uh midget triple A, he was a strong goalie. He yeah. never had a great team in front of him and he carried them. So he succeeds in front of difficult situations. In CCHL, he was in the best team in the country. Carlton places another level. Jason Clark, uh, scariest coach to play versus, scariest coach to play for, but he's great before at that, his job. The junior Lions. Junior Lions before that, and then 
Northeast afterwards, he's always yeah. been in a situation where he needs to stand on his head to perform. And then if you give him the net right now, I don't think it's good for his development. You need somebody where no, no. they'll play 55 games, give him 30 the first year, 40 the year after, and then let him take the spot. Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure you know, any goalie that just walks in and has the job, it's not the same as trying to earn it. It's not the same confidence-wise or anything. I'm a big advocate of internal competition. When you're as an athlete, not even as a goalie, but just as an athlete, when you're when you're when you're pushed up against a wall, when mm-hmm. your back is against the wall, you really find out who, like what type of a player or what type of athlete a person is. Like, do they sink or swim? And I personally think, obviously, I think we've seen enough so far that you know Devin Levi is a swim guy. He's going to swim. He's not going to sink. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with uh, UPL Ukopeka Lukanen, a guy yeah. who tore it up in the OHL in junior. Um, was a human highlight reel, mm-hmm. uh, as one of our other co-hosts, uh, Ryan Jury, would say. Uh, he calls the games for the Guelph Storm, and he saw a lot of him uh, as, a, as a play-by-play guy when he was coming up. Um, and well, it says, like, I thought that kid was going to be, like, an absolute superstar, and he still could be, but, like, um, a guy who's had double hip surgery, um, has, has had some lower body issues. Um, I think his biggest issue has always been upstairs, mm-hmm. kind of keeping it together. Um, not to the level of say like a Jack Campbell, who I, I hate seeing him struggle right now. I really, really do. Yeah. Um, Cause he's such a nice guy. Um, I, I love him as a goalie. Um, a hundred percent, but going back to the, I can't even say his name cause it, it confuses me every time. Uko, I, I can't say it. Uko I, that one. Um, I think him and Levi are going to be a 10 times better all Mark and Swayman situation in you five so? years. In five years. I think so. Levi has one a, Pekka as, as 1B, uh, and a kind of like a, a 45-37 roughly split, um, I think they're that, that much better. I honestly think Levi in the next five years, even three, is a top three goalie in the league. Because there's it. nobody in the league that is his level advanced in terms of mental toughness, mental strength. Like You could see by his routine that he's, he meditates in between whistles. When you're going to a game, you don't see it on TV. But he sits in front of his net. He's meditating. What yep. other is doing that? Literally nobody. We, we talked about it before we went live. Like we, we saw it with Ryan Miller here before him, years before him, where he would come out on the bench and just kind of stand there with a stick underneath his chin. Mm-hmm. And just, he said he would visualize the game, just visualize how it would play out in his head. And he would sit there for like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And that's yeah. what, that was his routine. Yeah. Always are weird. I'm excited to see what Levi does. I'm a strong advocate for him. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten to know him very well personally. A lot of my friends have. I've skated with him a few times. Unbelievable since the first time I saw him. Um, I and I like that he's on the shorter end, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, he's like five eleven, so it's just around six foot. It it lies and says six six one, but he's five eleven. I'm excited to see what he does. Really, yeah. He's he's actually been on this pod with us. Uh, He came on uh, the week. He the week before he decided to go back to Northeastern for one more year. Okay, it was actually him and his uh, best friend Justin Ritzkoian were on the pod with us. Uh, Ritzy, uh, also now the captain of, over at Northeastern, um, and like the way he spoke about the position, like everything was so analytical with him. The way he looked at the game, just so methodical. Just like um, it, it, again, I, I hate to bring his name, but like, it reminded me so much of the way Ryan Miller would talk about game at every single game during a post-game uh, interview, how he broke things down. Like it was almost like you're talking to a forward. He just, he, he knew everything about, he knows everything about the game and how it's supposed to be played and how it's played in front of him. 
And I see the same things in Devin Levi in terms of the mental side of the game, just like the way he sees everything. Like he doesn't, he even said he doesn't, he, he when it comes to his size, he doesn't let it be uh, with the way he plays. And maybe the VR training helps, helps with that. Uh, he doesn't let it be, you know, a downfall in, in the way he plays. It's just, you know, he, he, he almost threat. He almost, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He almost, uh, it almost feeds him. It almost mm-hmm. feeds the animal inside of him when he hears like the criticism on his side. It's like, no, man, I don't let it bother me. Like if you, if you play the game a certain way, um, if you play it, and if you, again, one of the things with him too is his footwork, his mechanics with his feet are insane. Um, <clears throat> how aggressive he is outside of his paint um, and just how he always knows where he is in his net. He's just never, he's never unaware of where he is and he knows his surroundings very well. Um, I, I just, I'm in awe sometimes watching him play like that, that shutout or not shutout, the shootout win that won them the bean pot tournament, just watching him, how far he got out of his paint and just watching his feet, how he controlled his depth coming back into his net. It was crazy. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You should, you should see one of his practices. I've, I've seen a couple of his summer practices cause he skates with Marco Raimondo, uh, a big coach in Montreal. Every detail is perfect. Every rep all the way through practice. Mm-hmm. It it is it blows my mind that somebody could be that consistent with every little detail. And as you know, being a goalie, every little detail matters, and there's hundreds of them to make sure you make that save. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You can learn so much just by watching him practice. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it's wild, man. Um, and like I just for me to see a goalie of his size succeed like this. I mean, you got UC Saros too, mm-hmm. but like, it's nice. It's nice. Like how tall are you, Stefano? 5'11". I'm a short guy too. Yeah. We're all 5'11 goalie club. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it's just, it's nice, man. It's great. Like, and I hope, and I, I not just as a Sabres fan, but as a goalie who's 5'11", that this kid is everything that he's been advertised to be. And, you know, kind of, cause you know how it is with scouting. Like if you're not at least six foot two, six foot three, they don't even take you seriously anymore. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a hundred percent. But short kings win. Exactly, <laughs> love it. Um, uh, Matthew Savoy making his uh, debut tonight for the Buffalo Sabers after a short uh, uh, an injury. I think it was a lower body injury. Did a uh, rehab stint in Rochester. Uh, played very well and uh, making his debut tonight. Are you familiar with him at all? I know he's a Winnipeg kid. Um, um, a little bit. Um, I've I've seen a little bit of his numbers. I've seen some of his videos. Obviously, he's got some 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 nice highlight reels. Um, I'm interested to see what he does with the NHL because obviously it's a huge step up from the minors. And he, like you said, he performed really well in Rochester. So I'm curious: will he be given the same opportunity in Buffalo to take on that same role, or are they going to kind of hold him back a bit, especially coming off an injury? Well, there's a big lack of speed in that bottom six. So depending on where, I haven't seen any lineup. Uh, you know, projected lineups uh, in between now and then, because again, it wasn't announced until today that he would be, you know, playing. I think he'd probably be sliding at the third line, mm-hmm. um, which is great because that gives that some, uh, that line some speed. Um, obviously the fourth line has been on and off again, Peyton Krebs, Kyle Poso, and Zemgis Gergensen's, which I love, I love Oki and I love, I love Z, but they're getting pretty long in the tooth in terms of NHL careers. And, you know, the, you can tell the foot, the lack of foot speed is, is pretty prevalent. Uh, Peyton Krebs, he's an absolute piss ant out there. Always getting under guys' skins, especially if he's like 190 pounds soaking wet. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he's always one of the first guys in the scrum. But I think a guy who you know, I would love to see uh, centering Matthew Savoy. See see what he brings to the table because that's the type of opportunity I think Peyton Krebs has been looking for. Just a guy that he can play with that, that has some speed, that has some jam to his game, and that can score. Because there's nothing, there's no reason for Matthew Savoy to go back to junior hockey, in my opinion. Like he's done everything he's going to do at the junior level. Like he's point and a half per game player, if not more. Like it's just for me, it makes no sense for him to go back to Rochester or I'm sorry, Rochester to, to junior. It's because right now with, with the way his, I, I think his birth date uh, is he would have, and they, they tried to get an exemption for him, but uh, he would have to go back to the WHL or it's Buffalo. It's no, yeah. reason. the only reason he's in Rochester is because of the, the rehab uh, assignment. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like he's a player that you can put in any role even at a young age, and that's yeah. why they shouldn't send them back. Because even if you don't see him on your top six yet, like you said, he can fill a lot of holes right now. He can be that third-line center with the speed to make sure that they're winning the scrums, to make sure that they're they're producing some points and helping out that top six. You could put him on the power play. You could put him on the PK. So yep. I'm curious to see what they'll do with him and if they'll use him properly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I uh... – I'm more, I, I can't wait for Zach Benson to come back um, from uh, whatever. It's a week to week thing from last time I checked, but that was uh, Savoy's line mate uh, in Winnipeg. And mm-hmm. I just salivate at the uh, thought of Peyton Krebs between Matthew Savoy and Zach Benson. Just the amount of speed and jam that's going to be on that line is, is, it'll be fun to watch. I feel like that line could outperform the second line, maybe. If you have that as your third line, like your your two and three are practically the same. Yeah, like the second line. Well, p- coming into the season, it was supposed to be Dylan Cousins, JJ Paterka, who's been phenomenal mm-hmm. this year. Uh, a, kind of an under the radar guy in the off season, played fantastic at the World Championships, was the best player in the tournament, and then um, <clears throat> hasn't missed a step uh, coming into this season. I think he leads the team in goals, and then uh, it's been on and off again, kind of like just. A, uh, revolving door in that other winger spots. I mean, there's been Victor Olofsson who has been absolutely useless, um, which is disappointing because this was kind of like a make or break year for him. Um, he was healthy scratched uh, for all the important games at the end of last season. Um, he's an RFA. He's looking, looking to get re-signed again and um, has one hell of a shot, a very deadly shot from the, uh, the right side face-off circle. So it's disappointing to see that he's unable to get figured out this year. But normally that is Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, and Dylan Cousins was a phenomenal fast line again with a lot of jam in it. Uh, with Dylan Cousins uh, willing, you know, willing to get into those dirty areas on the ice, freeing up guys like JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn to make plays. Um, but a third line of Benson, Krebs, and Savoy that is really interesting to me. Like I said, they'll probably produce more than the second line at that point. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's the, the, these young guns coming up are are something else. Honestly, um, yeah. I'm kind of glad I'm not playing goalie anymore because I don't think I could stop a lot of them. <laughs> 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 to be honest with you, that the, there's something about that they found coming up. I don't know if it's in the water, especially out west. I don't know if it, if it's the new training styles, but the game has changed so much and is so much faster. It's crazy. Yeah. It is, it is, it is crazy. And uh, I'm excited because I, again, that bottom six is lack speed and uh, you know, maybe an injection of a Matthew Savoy and we'll see how they treat that situation. Cause they're both allowed nine games before the Sabres need to make a decision. 
think Benson had four and before uh, he was hurt and he had some really nice performances. So I can't imagine. I think Zach Benson up until the injury was playing himself in a situation where he was going to make it impossible for Buffalo to send him back. I hope Matthew Savoy does the same because this is a good opportunity for him. I don't think either of them should go back. Even if you're going to put them on your third line, they are going to be good additions to your team. Yep. And they're going to get great experience and development. Whereas in juniors, it's going to be too easy for them. Yeah, I agree. And it's tough. It's I mean, tough decisions to be made for for the coaching staff. You know, who are you going to who are going to take out every night? You know, Kyle Ocposo would probably be a first choice, but he's your captain. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, you can't healthy healthy you scratch your captain every night. Um, that's the position the Buffs Sabers kind of put themselves into. Um, I was fine with him coming back, but. Um, and I know it sounds kind of corny, but if if that if if you were to bring him back, they should have did like a co-captaincy thing. You know, okay. they did it with Breer and Jury years ago, and it worked pretty well. I thought by giving having him be the lone C on the team, you put yourself in a situation where even when it's there's there's stretches where he's really hurting you because he can't keep up with the play. Uh, and there's and trust me, there are areas in the game where he does help, like on the penalty kill. Um, you know, in the defensive zone, he does help. You know, when the puck is already being cycled in the defensive zone, whether it's not rather on the rush. Uh, but with Akposo, like, you put yourself in a situation where you can't scratch him now. But I feel like you need to keep him anyways because a guy like that is just so good to have on the bench. Oh, the valuable, for, sure, low- for sure, for sure. So even if you're not giving him the ice time he used to have or not giving him that role on the ice, he's more of the bench guy, keeping the team together yep. in the locker room. Whatever it is, you need to have a few of those guys. So he, I'd have to disagree with you. I wouldn't scratch him. Even he wouldn't be my my call. I don't know who they would scratch. Tyson, there's Tyson Jost, who's a good, uh, you know, two way player. Uh, he's not going to score you a lot of goals, but he'll definitely he's definitely one of the better defensive forwards in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember he, him. I, 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 I see Peyton Krebs' name again. A guy who really hasn't lived up to the uh, expectations of being the centerpiece of that Eichel trade. And initially, it was supposed to be him. Uh, it turned out to be Alex Tuck, who's been just a blessing here in Buffalo. A uh, guy who grew up just an hour and a half away, uh, grew up a huge Sabres fan. So he's been a blessing in that in that, in that that Eichel trade. You know, it was supposed to be Peyton Krebs. I mean, it could still be, who knows? But I think that he might be one of the guys on the outside looking in once Savoy and Benson, you know, Benson's healthy. Because if you do keep them both around, you know, like I said earlier, internal competition, let's find out who you really are guy who could be the outside looking in yeah yeah i honestly i'm curious to see what the sabers do this year because they have a lot of good pieces and i don't want to talk badly against but it's been a while i haven't seen them be a threat in the nhl oh right? you're not you're not you're not saying something we don't already know man we, we i know but I, know. I can't talk poorly about it yeah, but we know we know like i um, i feel like they can be a threat very soon if they use their they, pieces they missed the playoffs last year by one point yeah uh, one point uh, to Florida who eventually would go on and be playing the finals. Um, people say, and I'm, I'm one of them. Devin Levi starts his NHL career one week earlier. Cause he went on that run at the end. The Sabres are in the playoffs. <laughs> like yeah. I, I really don't think I'm out of line even saying that either. So any predictions for this game? I mean, I kind of not sure how much you've watched of either team, but uh, excited to hear your thoughts and you know, any predictions you have for the night. I mean, I don't want to talk against the Sabres again, but as you know, I am, gonna be living in minnesota soon so i have to go for the wild i have to um you you don't have to but i mean i understand why i mean and i also grew up a flurry fan i know he's not net but i grew up a flurry fan yeah i i can't go against them i'm honestly thinking it's a tight game kind of a three two wild game 
I don't think Levi's not easy to beat. I'm thinking it's going to end by one. Um, and I have to go three, two wild in this one, but it's going to be like a last minute type of goal. I'm actually, I'm actually, obviously I'm going to go three, one Buffalo. And I'm not just, I just think that going back to, we talked about a sink or swing mentality. Not that this is some type of competition internally, but it is now that now that it's been kind of announced that like, we're going to go with the rotating, you know, one, a one B back and forth, or maybe go with a hot hand like they did at the end of last year. I think Dev is a type of kid that will thrive in the underneath that pressure. And I think he's going to play well tonight. Absolutely. Play well against Toronto, got the five, four win. Um, I mean, you let Austin Matthews do whatever he wanted in your own end. So, I mean, not many goalies. I wouldn't say any goalie was stopping any three of the goals that Austin Matthews scored in that game. No, no, no. And I agree with you, but I also, like you said, Gusty's been struggling and I feel like one of these games, he's going to have to snap out of it. Bounce back. It might happen tonight. And you, as you've seen in the past couple of years, when he's hot, he's hot. So if he yep. is, if he does snap out of it tonight, it's going to be a good goalie battle. Absolutely. I uh, just want to remind everybody about our sponsors, uh, Fatty Beer Company. Make sure you get over there. Let them the voice from two goalies. One Mike sent you at one under seven Western New York locations. Uh, over 300 beers that you choose from in the premier market and tap room. Uh, check out their downtown locations on the days of Sabres home games. You get uh, mug club members get two for one drafts. So uh, go check them out. And of course, Buffalo go uh, Buffalo's premier local uh, sports apparel company um, have a lot of cool stuff, both bills and Sabres related. If that's your, if that's your thing, they also have bisons, bandits, the whole nine yards, go check them out. Go check out the stuff on 316 shirt or the Buffalo Shield NH, NHL Shield ball cap that they have over there available now. So, uh, Stefano, I just want to thank you for hopping on with us, bud. Um, again, I can't I can't wait to have you on again. Uh, three goalies, one Mike, uh, so to speak. You know, it'd be great to have on, especially when Rose is on with us. I appreciate it very much. The more goalies, the better, right? That's all I'm going to exactly. say. Exactly. You are the best ones on the team. Exactly. And the weirdest, like you said. So um, <laughs> good luck at your game night too, man. First time in three months. Go get a W. Thank you. A, or is it a pickup skate? Uh, it's a pickup game with some buddies. Uh, they've never seen me play a net. So I'm curious, do I actually perform and show them what I can do? Or do I just kind of go ease into it and not hurt myself? I'm still nah, on the fence about that I one. I would go with the latter. <laughs> so my uh, wife's the same thing for hopping out with us uh this has been two goalies as well mike brought to you by fatty beer company and buffalo go signing off we will talk to you at the end of the game for i'll hang up and listen we'll see you guys later have a good one
Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.